Hi friends, welcome to Happily Even After. I'm Life Coach Jen, a certified life coach that specializes in relationships. I'm a mom of four awesome kids and one amazing son-in-law, a home decorator, a remodeler, a shopper, a scrabbler, and a snuggler. I want to help you with your relationships, mainly the relationship you have with yourself, your family, and God. Thanks for listening and letting me share the tools I have learned that can help you live happily, even after some of life's greatest challenges. Hey friends, welcome to today's podcast. Um, I've been just thinking about different things that I experienced during my healing of an affair. And so I just wanted to share some insight on that. And in the grieving process, the different stages of grieving, one of the stages is called bargaining. And I was, someone mentioned this to me and I'm like, did I bargain? And I'm like, oh, I definitely did. And guilt is often bargaining's companion. And oftentimes the person that had the affair feels some sort of guilt. And also the person that was betrayed could feel guilty for things that they did or didn't do. And so it's just an interesting topic I thought we could discuss and kind of figure out why this is something. But it's a crucial, in the grieving process, it's crucial. It's part of the healing. So going through all the different stages and bargaining is definitely one of those stages. So the affair partner, the person that had the affair, how they, instead of bargaining, they might feel a lot of guilt they might, you know, come back into the relationship and act really affectionate towards you. And this might be confusing because it's like, ooh, I got caught and I feel guilty now. And so then I'm going to come back and, you know, try to be who, you know, that person wants me to be or who I think I should be. They might feel remorseful but they also might not. And so this is super confusing, I think, when this happens. Meanwhile, the partner who was cheated on might feel their emotions and try to provide logical explanation for the infidelity. I think our brain, we want an answer. We want to know why. And I know that this is my brain. It's like, no, we need the facts. We need to know what happened, how this happened. Anyways, so in this phase, both partners might decide whether they want to make the relationship work or if they want to move separate ways. So this process of the guilt that comes into it, there's just a lot of different emotions and a lot of things that could be happening. And you're doing it from a space of guilt or I'm also thinking shame is in this too, for sure. But then the bargaining. So this is the main point I want to talk about. So a lot of times when someone's dying, if you've ever had someone close to you die, like from cancer or a sickness, you can imagine like begging, bargaining, like, oh, please take this pain away from my child or my spouse. And you want to like bargain with God, make a deal, or just because you're so desperate for the reality of the situation not to be that way. Because we we can't go back in time and make things unhappen. We can't, like, of course they could be healed or whatever. But when it comes to infidelity, the act, the betrayal has already happened. So we want to go back and try to make it unhappen in our mind. But obviously that's not going to work. A lot of times 
when you think back the 2020 hindsight coupled with self-blame. So like, why did this happen? What is going on here? People ask lots of questions like, if only I would have done this, I should have done this. They should have done this. And so we ask lots of these questions that I can totally, I think when bargaining started happening for me in 2018, when my husband um, had called me on the phone and said, I want a divorce, he didn't mention he was having an affair, but the second I heard those words out of his mouth, I knew it. And because in my mind, we didn't have an A-plus marriage at that point. But we had just bought a beach house, like our dream. He had just taken our girls um, on a European vacation. I was at Disney World with our boys. We had just moved my parents into our home to help take care of my dad and give my mom a break. So they moved from Colorado to Utah. So in my mind, I mean, we had a lot going on, but it wasn't like this in my mind, it wasn't signs of your husband's getting ready to leave you. That's not how I read the room. And then I get the phone call and I was like, wait, what? So I remember coming home from that trip and just begging him to stay and and bargaining and I'll do this and I'll do that because I, of course, thought, okay, maybe if I'm thinner or maybe if I cook dinner more, or maybe if I did this or that more, then he'll stay. And so I just found myself doing a lot of bargaining, which is completely normal, but like crazy. And so just notice, like, if you find yourself bargaining, it's like, what are we really bargaining for? Because our brain doesn't want this undesirable thing, this horrible thing that is very painful it doesn't want it to be a fact, and so it just fights with reality. Something that's helpful is that you can imagine yourself acting differently, and far as the brain is concerned, it's the same thing. So our brain is wired to know, like, it doesn't necessarily know danger, like, okay, there's a bear chasing you, or danger, your husband's having an affair. They feel very similar. And so it's just interesting to watch your brain and know, like, okay, you're not going to die. This is really hard and painful, but you're going to be okay because I don't, I mean, obviously people have died from affairs because someone killed them, but in general, you're not going to die, right? The bargaining is part of post-traumatic stress. And so like there's a lot of trauma when something like this happens. And so This is what causes our brain to start bargaining. And it's usually an unconscious attempt to create the different reality for yourself. So just know that this is all happening in your unconscious self. And that's why becoming aware of your thoughts and knowing like, okay, what is really going on here? And stepping away, getting a life coach, going to therapy, getting help is so helpful because sometimes when we're right in it, we don't even know what we don't know. And a lot of times our brain wants to tell us this is stupid, this is wrong, but 
don't believe it because this is 100% okay, however you're acting, however you're feeling, and just being mindful and aware of what is going on with your brain. Another thing we do is we bargain with our pain. So not necessarily our spouse, but with our pain, like, okay, I can't feel this way. So many people tell me, and I know I felt this way, it's just so painful. I can't, I can't deal with it. But that's a lie because you can deal with it. And you need to, instead of negotiate and pretend you're not feeling all these feelings, we need to feel all those feelings and process them and have a witness to them and share them and have them acknowledged. And so I think you have to move through it. You might ask questions like, how am I going to move forward? How do I tell my kids? Like we just start asking ourselves a million questions and we can't slow down. We're too fast. We're too, we have so many thoughts that just consume us. And then we start thinking, well, we bargain with our personal well-being. Like we're not taking care of ourselves, but we're taking 100% care of our spouse who just cheated on us. Or we um, are excusing their poor behavior because of our fear of getting divorced. We accept things that are definitely unacceptable. And we bargain our way out of our personal integrity. I know the past few years, I've really done a deep dive into this because I'm like, what is it inside of me that totally ditched my values, ditched my personal um, beliefs, how someone should treat me, and then allow a man to treat me so poorly. And I think it was my bargaining, okay, because I didn't. I wanted my family so bad, my eternal family, my eternal marriage so bad that I was willing to bargain and convince myself all these things were okay, he was eventually going to change. And so I think that's really harmful when we do that and to get really honest with yourself because in reality, none of that was worth trying to save my family for and my family is doing just fine now. But we, our brain convinces us because it's like almost like our life as we know it has changed How do we recognize if you're in this phase? You're going to be saying stuff like, if I just do this, then he'll do that. If I just explain things to him in the right way, he will understand and want to change. I think that's such a thing, like, because we want, we think people should act how we would act. Like, if I had an affair, I would feel so terrible and awful. I'd want to repent and never do it again. And But not everyone feels that way. Not everyone thinks it's wrong. Not everyone thinks what they did was bad. They think they've convinced themselves that it was better for their marriage. It made them um, be a better husband, be a better father. So we all have ways of convincing ourselves that what we are doing. And so be careful when you think that your spouse is going to change like you think that they should. What if I dot, 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 lost weight, had better sex, uh, had sex more often, 
um, whatever you think made dinner more, um, you know, kept the house spotless all the time, made sure none of the kids cried or complained while around their father. All these things are just bargaining chips, right? And we just convince our brain, like, if what if these things didn't happen, then he's not going to have an affair. If I had just done X, Y, or Z, if I were blank enough, like, just so you know, your spouse's affair had nothing to do with you and it has everything to do with what's going on with them and bargaining your way out of it or into it or keeping your marriage is, of course, a normal thing to do, but it is something that we need to move through and move out of quickly. Why people get stuck here. I think so often, so many people, I think I was stuck in bargaining for five years. 2018 to when I got divorced in 2022. Maybe that's not, that's four years. Um, Because I was still trying to convince myself that if I was this way or that way, hey, if we do a podcast together and talk to people about our experience, then our marriage is going to be better. Then you're going to want to stay married to me. Then you're not going to want to have affairs and cheat on me again and again. So it is normal to do this and it's part of the healing journey. You know, it feels normal. It feels good. We're trying to create safety. We're trying to create stability and we think that the person is going to change but this is a recipe for long-lasting self-esteem issues which I have been digging my way out of my low self-esteem for the past four years and I think I'm really like thriving in realizing like no I'm a confident woman and uh, my former spouse did nothing to help me with that But I have dug myself out of that hole. And that's what we have to find is ourself because we can totally, you know, get depressed, anxiety. We have lack of progression when we are stuck in this bargaining cycle. And to move forward, we need to create boundaries. And honestly, um, I've been talking to my brother who also got divorced. And it's like, we weren't taught boundaries. I didn't even know what boundaries were until a few years ago. And so creating boundaries, as soon as I gave my former spouse a boundary, he was like, nope, not doing that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Okay, great. Let's get divorced and I'm out. So for whatever reason, I know it doesn't normally happen like that, but I just clearly saw like the moment I made one boundary he wasn't willing. And I'm grateful he was honest and he was like, nope, I'm not doing it. And so it was really great information, but creating boundaries and a boundary is what you are going to do, not forcing your other spouse to do. So um, getting some good boundaries, paying attention to what your triggers are. So if you are triggered about certain things, create a new boundary around that. Hey, if you're going to Let's see. Let's think of a boundary. No going out to lunch with other women. That would be a great boundary if your spouse has cheated on you. And husband or wife, if you do do that and I find out or you tell me, then I am going to, I'm going to leave the house and move out. Or it's something you have to do. So say the boundary. And hopefully, if you're trying to repair your marriage, you're both on the same page. And or, hey, 
spouse, if you're going to yell at me, then I am going to go on a drive. And when you're calmed down, then we can have a conversation. So say your need, but also then create what you are going to do. Not say you can't yell at me anymore because that's not a boundary. That's just a request. So paying attention to your triggers, which will help you know what you need a boundary for. Um, You need to prioritize creating a safe place for you to thrive and heal so that you can progress through your healing. And I think this has been such an eye-opener for me is that when I got divorced and I moved into a home that I felt very safe in and I have done so much healing there and it's been such a beautiful thing for me because I have safety. I feel like my kids have thrived in the environment, even if it wasn't their childhood house. It was much, it's much smaller than what they were used to. Um, It didn't matter because it felt very safe. And I've been realizing that I was able to get out of the bargaining and now I can just thrive. And so it can be hard if you're trying to stay married and heal But you'll know that it's still going to be safe because your spouse that had the affair is going to be doing just as much work as you are. And so you can have that space. And if you don't feel like, find a space in your home or maybe in your car that you can feel totally safe in. And that's where you can, you know, listen to podcasts and do healing and find that space for yourself because I think that's so important. But Pay attention. If you are bargaining, that's totally normal. We all do it. It is part of the way that we get through grief and pain, but don't get stuck in it. Pay attention. Like, what kind of boundary do you need to move you through the bargaining stage? And if that's happening to you and you don't know how to get out of it, please reach out. I'd love to help you. I'd love to help you move through so you can live the amazing life that you were meant to live. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. If you want to learn how to live happily even after, sign up for my email at lifecoachjenwith1n.com. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Happily Even After Podcast. Let's work together to create your happily even after.